Are you struggling with irregular periods, mood swings, or headaches, and just don't know where to go for help? Girl, I feel you, and I'm so happy you're here. I've been where you are, and I've now learned how to heal my hormones. If you are ready to finally get to the root cause of your period problems, mood swings, yes, even postpartum, and lack of sex drive, then grab your notebook and pen, or crayon if that's all you can find, and get ready to listen in. about you, but I live in New England, or if you live in anywhere where there are dense forests or long grass, or uh, you do a lot of hiking or things, you may have noticed that uh, there has been an increase in Lyme disease. So today I'm very excited to be having Dr. Diane on. Dr. Diane is a survivor of mold illness, Lyme disease, and chronic IBS symptoms. Dr. Diane Muller is able to deeply empathize and understand these conditions and how they work. Just like many of her patients, Dr. Diane struggled with chronic fatigue, extreme digestive dysfunction, and chronic pain for many, many years with conventional medicine, really only offering mildly palliative treatments. Uh, Relationships were impacted as social isolation was part of life due to the nature of this disease. Dr. Diane's journey to heal herself led her to complete two doctorate degrees in holistic healthcare. She serves as a naturopathic doctor as well as a doctor of acupuncture and medicine. She has two different medical clinics. Her clinic, My Lyme Doc, is dedicated to helping those with Lyme, mold, and other chronic infections and toxins. And she's also the founder of My Libido Doc as well. Both of those websites are linked down below in the show notes. And she also has a book called It's Not in Your Mind by Dr. Diane Muller. And she's having a great promotion running, which will also be linked in the show notes and we can talk more about at the end of this episode. So Dr. Diane, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing very well. And like I said, I'm very excited to have you on. I love having guests on like this, um, just to share knowledge and better help people understand what's going on in their bodies and deal with disease and toxins and um, different kinds of infections and things. So Dr. Diane, I kind of shared a little bit about who you are in your bio as I introduced you, but could you just tell us a little bit about your story? Sure, absolutely. And you know, I'll start by saying I think my story is a really good example of some of the points I'd like to make today, which really is that whether we're dealing with Lyme or any sort of other chronic disease, that it's really a web of interconnections of various processes in the body and the mind that get out of balance, right? So my story began with chronic digestive issues, sometimes going up to a couple weeks without a bowel movement. And I got a very fancy irritable bowel syndrome, aka IBS type of label. And basically, I was just told that some people don't have bowel movements very frequently, and it was just my body's like normalcy. And even though I was very bloated and uncomfortable and sometimes would have to pack multiple sizes of pants when I would travel because I had no idea how distended I would be at any certain time period, I was told that was completely normal. There was nothing wrong with me. I just had IBS and had to live with it. So that was originally what got me into naturopathic medical school was really figuring out in my own mind, just figuring like, 
there's something beyond this, right? There's something, there's some reason my body is out of balance. And, you know, I believe that it really was some of the instigator of what set me up for other disease processes that came later on that I'll get to. But one of the reasons I say that was an initial indicator is because of everything we know about what happens in our gastrointestinal tract, like our gastrointestinal tract that's you know, our microbiome, our microbiome there helps us activate vitamins and minerals. It is a huge source of our immune system. It's a huge way that we can have parasites enter our body and hide. It helps us to break down estrogen. And so it impacts our hormones. It helps us to detox. We actually start some of our detoxification in our gut. So that type of long-term digestive upset and digestive inflammation really, I believe, set me up for what I'm about to share because I my immune system was destroyed. I was nutrient deficient as I wasn't activating my vitamins and minerals for my, my good microbiome. My hormones were a wreck, on and on and on and on, right? And then once I got into the stress of medical school, that's when things started taking a turn for the worse, so to speak. And essentially what wound up happening is I got so crazy sick, fibromyalgia, chronic headaches, chronic migraines. I was just always in a varying degree of pain. And I started having really strange cognitive symptoms, really strange neurological symptoms. For example, I would call these things that would happen, I would call them episodes. And an episode for me looked like this huge amount of dissociation. Now we call it depersonalization, where it almost felt like this sort of out of body experience where I would say, almost be looking down into my body. And I wouldn't feel like the weirdest thing to describe is like, it was like, I wasn't feeling attached to my own body. So in those particular moments, I would sometimes forget where I lived. And these, these episodes would be quick. So it can sound very, very scary. And it was, but we're not talking about like memory loss that was like going on for hours, days, or weeks, we're talking about memory loss like this, like these episodes that would probably last 30 seconds, you know, maybe a minute, but they were very, very, very short, but it was amazing the level of dissociation where everything would get blurry and fuzzy. And what was happening there was, you know, there's a lot of different mechanisms, but one of the things that was happening there was neurological inflammation and neurological signals that were incorrect. Like my nervous system was not getting the proper feedback from the environment. My brain was not getting the proper signals from the feed from the environment about what was going on around me, leading to these strange symptoms. And eventually I found out that it was mold illness, Lyme disease, other parasites, other chronic infections, toxic metals, on and on and on and on. But like I said, like I believe like the, the gut, the hormonal imbalances that came from the, the gut imbalance really set me up for these disease processes being worse because I was fundamentally and foundationally out of balance before I entered, you know, a moldy environment before I had Lyme disease flare. Mm. Yes. And I like how you mentioned that it was the fact that your, your, your gut, 
your IBS, the poor gut health that set you up for these other things like the hormone imbalances and being more susceptible to the bacteria and the toxins and the infections, just because I think that that is something that a lot of us women um, tend to have poor gut health. You mentioned also in, in the beginning of your story that you used to pack multiple different pairs of pants depending upon how you were doing that day, which I think, again, so many of us women can relate to and we just think, oh, well, maybe it's the broccoli that I'm eating or maybe it's this that I'm eating or that that I'm eating, which yes, perhaps, but it's more that that core gut health that is causing that hormonal imbalance or that weakens your immune system to cause other infections and things like that, Um, which I think is extremely important for women who are struggling with their hormones, who are struggling with hormone imbalances, who are struggling with infertility, who are struggling with infections. Uh, Any of those things that you mentioned really leads a lot to your gut health. And healing your gut is, I think, one of those very first steps that you need to to really understand in order to heal the rest of your body. You did mention also that one of the things that you had was the the mold um, and heavy metals and uh, Lyme disease as well. So what exactly for some of our listeners, because I know there can be sometimes a little bit of confusion and misconception around Lyme disease. What exactly is Lyme disease? How would you explain Lyme disease? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So there is some misunderstanding about it. There's a lot of a lot of myths in a lot of areas to really clean up some confusion. But to start with the what, like you asked. So basically, Lyme disease is a bacterial infection. It's a bacterial infection caused by the bacteria Borrelia burgdorferi, most classically. And what I mean by most classically is Borrelia burgdorferi. When we're getting back to like the animal kingdom stuff, the stuff that some of you guys may or may not remember from, say, either grade school or high school biology class, we're talking about Borrelia burgdorferi. We're talking about a certain species of this bacteria that causes Lyme. Now, there's other species of Borrelia. And this is another thing to understand that while, you know, semantically, if I'm saying Borrelia burgdorferi is a bacteria that causes Lyme disease, so Lyme, therefore, is an infection with that bacteria. The thing that's important to really understand and where we get a lot of error in testing, which is why I'm I'm, uh, speaking to this, is that there's other species of Borrelia. There's things like Borrelia miyamotai. You can hear that, right? The first word is the same. It's still Borrelia, but the species is miyamotai instead of Borgdorferi. And so this are, these are like, you know, medical terminology, right? So to break it down even simpler in layperson's terms, basically almost think about some of these other species of Borrelia as almost like a sibling, right? There's a lot of genetic similarities. There are some differences. And what we actually see is that why Borrelia burgdorferi classically from a medical perspective is how we truly diagnose Lyme by finding evidence of this this infection. You can have one of these other species, and, and there's well over a dozen of them, such as this Miyamotai that I'm talking about, and basically have Lyme symptoms. You can have very, 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 very similar symptoms, but a lot of the testing out there for Lyme, most of the common testing is really only looking for species Burgdorferi. So if you have one of the siblings, if you have Miyamotai in this example, that's going to be missed. And you could have all of the things that we commonly think of as Lyme symptoms, 
you don't classically have Lyme, although, you know, it's very, it's really semantics at this point, but you're not going to, the tests are also going to look negative because most of the tests on the market are really looking for Borrelia burgdorferi. So, you know, that's really the short of it. It's a bacterial infection. We do get it from ticks like a lot of people understand, but the other component there as far as what is it and where does it come from is beyond ticks. There's a limited number of, of studies and evidence that are also showing that we can get these infections from things like mosquitoes, fleas, those sorts of insects mm-hmm. as well. So this is one of many reasons. There's there's a lot that we're seeing in the research around why is it spreading? Why is it now becoming like way more than just the New England states of the United States? that are really experiencing Lyme disease. And there's there's many reasons for that. But one of it, one of these reasons is it really has gone now beyond just being transmitted through a tick bite. Very interesting. And I like how you gave the, um, the distinction between the different kinds of the bacteria. Um, kind of, it reminds me a little bit of when I had strep throat and I was tested for strep and it kept coming back negative, negative, negative. Um, but I had strep a strand B and the basic quick like swab ones just tested me for A. And by the time they realized that I did have strep B, it was so far progressed. And so it's just, it just reminds me of that where, where those tests might only test for one strand of that bacteria. When in reality, you could be suffering from what is not like you said, classically called Lyme disease, but is essentially in the family of that same bacteria. So how did, how do you figure out or how do you get tested um, for this other form of Lyme? Yeah, that's a great question. So I use a company, there's a few good companies out there. I'm a big fan of the company Vibrant Wellness for Lyme testing. I think they have the best test on the market. And they basically will look for Lyme disease, meaning Borrelia burgdorferi. They'll look for a ton of other species of Borrelia, like we talked about and like your great strep example. And they do a check and balance system with some of their tests where they actually will do PCR, right? So most people know what PCR is post-COVID, of really understanding that's kind of like the DNA of the bacteria. So they'll do PCR plus these other tests that are looking for the immune system response to to the Borrelia different species. So these these tests that are really high quality are going to combine things like looking at Borrelia burgdorferi, looking at some of these other species, doing a multi-testing approach. So we're doing a check and balance system with the test. And then beyond that, also looking at chronic hit in other infections, right? Because when insects bite us, just like there's more insects that bite us and deliver diseases than just ticks. Well, when insects do bite us, whether it's ticks, mosquitoes, fleas, or something else, they don't selectively choose what they are going to deliver to us. Meaning whatever it is in their bloodstream has the potential to mix with our blood and to actually cause problems. And sometimes these insects are actually carrying, you know, five, six, seven different types of infections. And that could be a combination of things like bacteria, parasites, you know, Lyme, but other bacteria as well, as well as viruses, for example. So you want to, so a test company like Vibrant Wellness also takes into account that when insects bite us, hey, they don't just deliver us one microorganism. And so when they test, they do such a good job at saying, what are really the, the, the huge, like say, cocktail 
of microorganisms that we need to be looking out for, because that's the other thing, just like you could have a test for Lyme, Borrelia burgdorferi, and that test could be negative and you might have Borrelia miyamotai, like we talked about. The other thing that can happen in these like false negative tests is you might have something like Babesia infection. Babesia is a parasite that often is transmitted with insects. Very, very common to see in in ticks and other insects. And a lot of the symptoms can look very, very Lyme-like. So you might have a Babesia infection and you don't have any of these Borrelia infections. So this is, you know, why getting proper tests is really important. And the way I like to describe it to people is that tests are really only as good as two things. The type of test that's done and the quality of the ability of the clinician to interpret it correctly. And, you know, and this is why there are things like Lyme literate docs like myself out there, because there is some, uh, some nuances, right? There are some nuances in these types of tests that really are important for proper diagnosis and of course, then proper treatment as well. Yes. And so you had mentioned at the very beginning you suffered with symptoms such as chronic uh, fibromyalgia, uh, depression, brain fogs, headaches, and all the things. So when you were tested for these things, do you feel or do you know, were these symptoms all related back to some of these infections and some of the bacteria that was going on in your body? I really appreciate that. So you want to have a regular period, but you feel like it's not possible gonna be so hard so confusing and so much time and money to invest listen girl no 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 and no my coaching course hormone healing is gonna teach you how to get a regular period reduce mood swings and headaches and have better sex and energy with simple easy and tried and true practices you can literally balance your hormones no matter what stage of life you're in i'm gonna teach you how to do it as you go I don't want you spending valuable money on scammy fertility apps that just guess at when you're fertile, or hundreds of dollars on ovulation strips that really aren't even always accurate. You do not need to do that. I'm going to show you how I balance my hormones in just an hour or two each week. Literally. Let's make balancing your hormones easy and normalize having a regular period again. So come into Hormone Healing Coaching so I can show you how to get this done faster than you thought possible so you can start living pain and moody free. Hormonehealing.org. Go check it out. That's H-O-R-M-O-N-E-H-E-A-L-I-N-G. Hormonehealing.org. Question. Thank you for that because it, it, it brings me back to one of the first points that like telling my story that I wanted to make sure to get across today is it really is going to be multifactorial. And I do go through this in my book around like looking at all of the different like puzzle pieces that we can really see here, right? So it's like chronic, you know, fibromyalgia. There was, for example, things that were happening, the parasites, the mold, the Lyme, all of those types of things were changing my neurological signals. So my neurological signals were, I was hypersensitized, meaning I would signal like most people with fibro do, I would get a pain signal from a very little stimulus. You know, somebody would tap me on the hand and normally that just like barely registers for to the brain as conscious. And for me, it was very, very different. It's signaling because my nerves were inflamed and there was a threshold I was dealing with there. But in answer to your question, was that like the 
only thing contributing to those symptoms. Well, absolutely not. You know, we look at like what our cells need and our nerve cells need to really function at high level, but they need nutrients. You know, they need CoQ10, they need carnitine, they need B vitamins, they need all these different things to really function well. Well, that can take me, take us back to, you know, the gut and the microbiome and those other things. So any disease I've never, I've been doing this for going on 15 years now, and I've, I've never seen one person in chronic disease and acute disease is very different, but in chronic disease, I've never seen one person who really comes in and we can really say, oh, everything is lime. Everything is mold. Everything is anything. It tends to always be, and I'm still waiting for that one person that's going to, you know, be that exception to that rule. Cause there always is an exception in medicine, but in general, it's going to be a multifactorial types of root causes for any of these chronic symptoms. Okay. Yes. Now I like how you say multi multifactorial because it is so true. So many times I think we think it has to be just this. It has to be just this. When in reality, there are so many different things that are playing a role in our health and how we get things and the severity to how we get it, uh, the extremity to how we get things. Um, and I, I think that's a very great point to bring up because a lot of women or a lot of people think just focus on this one thing and everything else will be better. Um, when it's not always the case. Now, of course, it can sometimes be very overwhelming too to think, okay, well, if it's not just one thing that I should be focusing on, there's multiple things that I should be focusing on. And then they start to feel overwhelmed and they start to wonder. And that's why it's it's great that people like yourself and doctors like you are able to help test and talk women through this and find that holistic naturopathic approach to figuring out what exactly is going on in your body and in their bodies. So with that said, like I said, because I don't want anybody to come off of this feeling overwhelmed, like, well, I have this or this or this, uh, maybe I should do this or this or this, but I am so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. If you could just give maybe two tips of, of advice to help people struggling with whether that's Lyme disease or, or other things that you have mentioned, what would those two tips or pieces of advice be? The one I like to give when I get asked this question very frequently is really comes down to food. So people are often asking me, for example, like, okay, what is the best diet if you have Lyme disease or what is the most anti-inflammatory diet? And the answer to that is it depends. Now that might initially be like, oh, I wish you could just tell me a diet, but I am going to make it very simple for you. And what I'm going to do here is like what, what we tend to do sometimes when we do things like research in our doctor search engines, and we basically are like, okay, well, Dr. Google, what's the best diet for Lyme disease? And it might say paleo or autoimmune paleo or keto or any of the diets that are out there, right? Low lectin, low, low oxalate. And one of the things that will happen very frequently in the people that I work with is there are so many different diets out there and there's no one diet that's right for every situation. And if we combine low lectin and low oxalate and paleo and, you know, all these different types of diets together, we're often left with like five foods. And when you're only eating five foods, your immune system tends to start reacting to those foods. And then we have an even bigger problem. So I would, for most people, I would say for most people in this scenario, a very good starting diet to look up is something like a low histamine diet. Oftentimes people are doing something similar. 
And this is not your Bible, right? This is not your like food Bible. This is just to give you a starting point to say, okay, let's try this diet for a little while, add foods in, take things away, try things one at a time and see what's the natural, see what your body feels the best on. If you're not noticing anything strong one way or the other, it's most likely not a problem for you. You can certainly always get food reactivity testing done. And sometimes that's the right thing. But the big, you know, number one thing, you know, out of the two things that you asked me to talk about with the food is take it one step at a time. Don't try to eliminate everything. Don't do that thing that I see happen where it's like you have to be on all of these different diets. That can really drive to a lot of madness. I do also in my book, just so you guys know, I go through a little more of the nuances than we have time today to say, okay, well, this is when you should maybe more consider paleo versus keto versus Mediterranean. So we do talk about some of that in there for you guys. But that, that's the overarching principle. you got to find what works for you. What works for you in, say, you got diagnosed with Lyme is not going to be the same thing, the exact same thing that's going to work for all of these 10 other people. It just It's way more nuanced than that. So trust your body. And then the second thing I would say is really comes down to the nervous system and the mind. One of the things that happens in chronic disease that I dealt with is the morning, what I like to call sometimes the morning body scan, where I would wake up and I would start doing this list in my head of like, okay, my head hurts, my throat's okay. Oh, my belly's not bad today, but my hips, I don't think I can move. And I would just do this body scan, right, of like all the things that were wrong with me. And it's so easy in chronic disease for the mind to continue to orient to what's wrong. When the mind orients to what's wrong, what tends to happen oftentimes is we, it's survival. We get this like very natural, very normal adrenaline rush because it's a stress. We're in survival. But unfortunately, that adrenaline rush can further break down tissue. It can further prevent healing. And so we, with our mind, even though the mind's doing very natural and very normal things because it's trying to help us survive. In the situations of chronic disease, oftentimes the monkey vicious cycle mind really helps to promote the disease process, unfortunately, instead of healing it. So every day doing something that really involves focusing the mind and whether it's visualization or breath work or yoga or, you know, anything like that, meditation, any of these types of things there's different reasons to do, you know, from a my, from a granular level, there's different reasons to do different types of these techniques. But what I find to be most important is that there's something every day where the mind is practicing. I'm present in the moment. I'm not worried about the monkey mind of checking all these things. And we're really working to retrain the nervous system. And I bring this up as one of the two things you asked me to bring up because I've seen such a statistical relationship in my clinical practice with the people that are very, very dedicated to doing even just a minute or two of this every day and the speed that they recover and the lower rates of recurrence are very, very, very clear to me of how important this, this very, you know, in some ways very simple and other ways very difficult component of things, you know, really is. I love these two tips. As a matter of fact, these are two things that I already have uh, my women and my clients who come to me around hormone imbalances. These are actually the top two tips that I give them as well is, is the, the food for the nutrition. And I really like how you said it's not your food Bible just because you're potentially gearing towards one kind of way to eat uh, is not your food Bible. Try what works for you. See what your body feels the best on and go with it um, is something that I'm always telling my women um, 
food cycling and nutrition cycling and things like that and in the mindful body too. I don't I think we I think we hugely underestimate the power of the brain in our bodies mm-hmm. and the power of how the brain can be healing or it can be really your own downfall. Um, mm-hmm. and I I love how you said doing retraining that nervous system because your nervous system is involved in so many functions that you're doing. It's, it's involved in your hormone system. It's involved in your immune system. It's involved in your pain or your, your comfort. It's involved in so many different systems and that nervous system goes right to your brain. So retraining your brain, essentially retraining that nervous system can really, like you said, it's interesting that you said you've seen it even in those who come to you with occurrences of Lyme disease or other um, toxic bacterial infections and their their severity is less and they tend to get it less frequently. So I really like how you said that. I think that ties in very well to the women who are going to be listening to this, who hear me hear me speaking all the time on how to balance their hormones. These these things aren't going to just balance your hormones or just do this or just do that or just do this. Kind of like when we first started out this conversation and you talked about IBS, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, and how it stemmed from a poor gut health and how, you know, learning how to eat properly, learning how to test your your for heavy metals and things like that and bacterial infections and learning how to have that that mindfulness of breathing and retraining the nervous system. All of that is so beneficial for every aspect of your health, whether that is hormone health, whether that is, you know, your gut health, whether that is uh, bacterial infections or anything like that. And I think those are two simple tips that we all can implement. Um, and I think it's great that you mentioned it's not in your mind. Um, the book that you wrote that you go further in depth into that food. And, and you are a doctor who can help with that. And myself being a functional nutritionist for women with hormones, that's exactly what I go into as well. So if, if you ladies are listening to this and you want to get deeper and you want to just have that guidance, feel free to reach out. I'm going to have Dr. Diane's, um, information linked down below in the show notes. Um, I have her websites both linked up. I also, she is running a free promotion right now um, on her book. It's not in your mind, which she has mentioned a few different times. And I was, I am very intrigued and I myself, am going to end up um, going and purchasing, but actually the promotion she is running right now, you're not going to want to miss. It's free. The book is free to all who purchase. The only thing that you have to do and pay for is shipping and handling. This is an amazing deal that you are not going to want to miss. You're going to want to take advantage as long as the promotion is still running on. And again, I will have all of that linked down below. Um, Dr. Diane, is there anything else that you would like to say or any other tips or anything else that you would like our listeners to hear from you? You know, I think the biggest thing to conclude with is in medical school, we had a saying, which is when you hear hooves think, horses, not zebras. And essentially it's a good reminder to, you know, always remember the basics, right? If you have chronic fatigue, get your thyroid fully checked, get your adrenals fully checked, like make sure your lifestyle's good. For example, like always make sure you're not so excited to learn about the other things that you're forgetting about the basics. But if you're, you know, whether it's like, it's, you know, hormones, like you're talking about digestive issues, like you've mentioned, or chronic fatigue, fibro, or any of the other symptoms, if you've done the basics and you're like, things are not well, 
trust your intuition. This is where it's really important to say, do deeper testing, look for the chronic toxins, look for the chronic infections like we talked about today. And yeah, in the end, that's really the biggest thing. You know your body, you know your mind. If it's out of balance, it's going to tell you. So just trust that. Yes, definitely. And I think that goes hand in hand with your title. It's not all in your mind. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. So thank you, Dr. Diane, again, for um, joining us on the show and sharing your expertise with us. Listeners, I really hope you go and check her out. She is a slew of information and definitely take advantage of her book promotion right now. I will see you in the next episode. Did you learn something? I did learn something. Leave me a review. Leave me a review. Still looking for more help? I created a hormone balance plan that is easy, natural, and doable. Because that's what we need as busy moms. And I'm ready to share everything with you in your one-to-one hormone healing coaching. Check out the show notes for links and more details. See you inside.